Hey everyone, welcome to What Are You Watching? I'm Alex Withrow and I'm joined by my co-host Nick Dostal. How you doing there, Bruiser? Well, excited to be here. Well, it's an exciting day because last episode we talked about my favorite character actor, Christopher McDonald. Huge influence on my movie watching and my movie making. And today we get to talk about your favorite character actor, the great Michael Bean. Oh, yes. I love that we're doing this because... My Chris Mack is your Mike Bean. Yeah. And so this is great. And this is your episode, so take it away, Bruiser. Yeah, so uh, Michael Bean. I mean, um, I love this guy. He, um, you know, when I was a kid, I was I was a pretty mature kid. I, uh, I think that my mom um, kind of saw that, and she saw that I liked movies, I liked TV. It's kind of all I really liked. So she allowed me to watch movies that I was probably too young to be watching. But at the top of these lists were uh, two James Cameron movies, The Terminator and uh, Aliens. And, I'd, and I think that if I was to say that there's two movies that I have seen more than any other two movies on this planet, it is those two. You've seen Terminator more than T2. Yes. Yes, I have. Wow. That's great. Sorry to interrupt. That's great. No, no. And it's uh, Terminator 2 for sure. It's That's probably next on the list because Cameron was my biggest like and it like all of the, his movies were movies that I just watched over and over and over. And um, Michael Bean is in these movies. I I think I really, really resonated with um, these movies because of him. He if I had any sort of inklings to becoming an actor, they started with him. Because I don't think there was ever a person that I was watching in movies that I just connected with. He, to me, was the ultimate hero. You know, in a time where you got, you had it like Arnold, uh, Sylvester Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal. Like, these were the big action heroes of the 80s and the 90s. The muscle guys, yeah. The muscle guys. But in here, you've got this guy who is human. Um, he's, he's good looking. He's got this sensitivity. He's got this vulnerability and he is tasked in these movies to carry out missions that are impossible. He's a human against a machine. He is a human against uh, an alien warrior creature army. (laughs) And even though too, in these movies, you know, the heroines are, you know, Linda Hamilton and Sigourney Weaver. And but the the weight kind of like falls on on his characters to have to get these women to these places where then they can rise and and um, kick ass. Yeah, there's there's an urgency, especially in Terminator, that I still feel to this day when I watch it, where he uh, um, he's trying to save her. He's trying to get her out of the police station. And I'm so concerned because he's capable, but he's also not. And it's. That's why I think he's the ultimate hero is because he's not immune to things and yet he has to do what has to be done. And so we'll start. Michael Bean was born in July 31st, 1956 in Anniston, Alabama. Uh, And then he moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, where uh, he spent his youth and then went to Arizona for college. And um he studied drama there and then moved to Los Angeles where he studied acting with Lauren Bacall, which is actually a pretty cool way to kind of be trained. Which I had no idea before researching this post. It's That's like, what an interesting, just kind of deep cut. Yeah. And you're like, that that's awesome. That's really cool. And that lends itself right to his um, first kind of big role in 1981 with The Fan. 
this movie is crazy. <laughs> it's it's something else, yeah. It's it's really a piece of work. It really is, and um, you know, it's it's kind of like for anyone who might not know it or see it. I mean, it's a uh, kind of tried and true stalker type movie. Uh, Lauren Bacall plays this singer, and Michael Bean plays this guy who just becomes obsessed and he falls in love, and you know, and then ends up killing people, you know, in, in in pursuit of his love. You know, the one thing I have to say about this movie that is like, one, Bean is an incredibly good-looking young actor right here. I have thoughts on this, but keep going, yes. And the way that the camera stays on him, it's very intriguing. You kind of can't take your eyes off of the, his expressions. And, you know, he's looking at her. I mean, you can see the obsession. You can see the love. You can see all of these feelings that he has. And then he's got this creepy voiceover. And I mean, some of the moments in this flick are just fucking outrageous. But it, it's 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 a weird little movie. I mean, it has it felt like to me that it was made for TV because it kept yeah. just like fading yeah. to black. And I'm like, was this a TV movie? <laughs> I but you know it's it's got some heavy hitters. You got Lauren Bacall, James Garner, Maureen Stapleton, fucking Hector Elizondo. We love Hector Elizondo. <laughs> so first off, the man Michael Bean is drop dead gorgeous in it. I think you've described the movie well. I got a kick out of the fact that it was directed by Ed Bianchi, who's today one of our. It was his first uh, movie, first thing he wrote and directed, and today he's one of our most prominent TV directors. He's done episodes of. I mean, hell, The Wire, Deadwood, Boardwalk Empire, Bloodline, Billions, you name it. So yeah, it was cool to see all these heavy hitters and then this kid assembled for this movie. And it was a fun, you know, you know what to expect when you watch it, but it was it was fun to check it out. And, you know, he's believable. He's very, very believable. He is. There's not one time in that movie that I don't understand what he's doing and believe that he is he's doing these things. <laughs> And then he moved on to do another movie called The Lords of Discipline in 1983. I actually watched that. Have you seen that? No, I actually, that's one I haven't seen. So I was researching it for this post. It's kind of like um, an earlier version of School Ties. They, they, it's this sadistic, like, military academy, and he plays this sadistic, racist school cadet. It's a wild, like, terror movie. But uh, he was clearly close with the director and gave him a, a big role later on, which we'll talk about. But yeah, not a bad, not a bad movie. And then, of course, we finally hit 1984, where he um, is cast in The Terminator uh, with James Cameron. Funny story about how he got this role, though, is that um, he was auditioning earlier that day for a uh, production of Cat in a Hot Tin Roof in Los Angeles. And he had this southern accent. And after that audition, he went right to audition for The Terminator. And he couldn't shake his southern accent. So he auditioned for Kyle Reese with the southern accent. And uh, his agent got back to him and said that, you know, we liked Michael, but, uh, uh, we, you know, the, the character isn't southern. And his agent was like, Michael Bean is not southern. He's from Nebraska. And, she, and he's like, well, she, he auditioned with a southern accent. <laughs> and so <laughs> he, had to, he had to come back and audition again and then subsequently got the part. Thank God. Yeah. I, I mean... I already kind of spoke a lot about Terminator and, you know, my like why that movie meant so much to me and because of him. But I also want to just kind of bring up this little thing that I just find particularly impressive. The whole entire movie is like leading up to who's going to catch Sarah Connor. Is it going to be the Terminator who's going to kill her? Right. Kyle Reese trying to save her. So finally, Reese gets to her. They're being chased down the L.A. streets. And Kyle Reese has to now explain who he is and what's going on. 
And as much as we love James Cameron, sometimes his dialogue. <laughs> just, no comment. You know, and so he's got to say these things. And, and, and on paper, it's these are this is taken from the script. It's like, All right. Listen, it's a Terminator anti-filtration unit, part man, part machine. Underneath, it's a hyper-alloy combat chassis, microprocessor controlled, fully armored, very tough. And he just kind of <laughs> keeps going on. And, and the script is literally sentences. It's like, outside, living human tissue, flesh, skin, hair, blood, grown for the cyborgs. <laughs> that is so fucking James Cameron. Like, that is so, oh my God. You'll take care of that, Mike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll be fine, we'll be fine. <laughs> and if, but when you watch that scene... Oh my God, it's so exciting. It's so good. And, you know, that's one of those things where I think about as an actor, you know, when you get a script like that, I would be terrified. I'd be like, holy shit, how am I going to make this work? But what's so believable about it is that, you know, the stakes are really high. He's a soldier. He's on a mission, but it's life or death. So everything is really up here. He's got to get this information out, and, and he does. It, it doesn't ever once feel like bad dialogue, but he essentially is tasked with explaining everything when he first meets her. And it's actually, it's a really creative, brilliant idea, you know, for the story. And once he's done explaining it and telling her that she's the mother of the future, it's fucking on. But your thoughts on Terminator? It's, I forgot how much of a fucking... 80s movie that thing yeah. is. I mean, if you want a difference between 80s blockbusters and 90s blockbusters, there they are. Because T2 is like the birth of the 90s blockbuster me. It, it is so, it's like, okay, I've been waiting a long time to make to make this. Here's the sequel. I got all this new stuff. But there is a humanity in Kyle Reese that I really like. You really believe him. I really, the the tenderness of it, because it's a really tricky thing. It's like, We kind of know where this is going, but it's, and I love their chemistry. That's something that, something that's missing from the sequel kind of intentionally. There's more of a chemistry between Arnold and the kid. So that's kind of where that's going. But I love their chemistry. I thought they worked really well together. And I think it's a fair call that they cut him out of T2. Uh, You know, we can all watch the scene on the, the deleted scene, but I'm okay with it. And I've read an interview where he kind of was too. And I, I like the way... I like the way it ends in Terminator 1. It's a great ending and definitely one of the more, I mean, like for me growing up, dramatic moments were leading up to his, uh, spoiler, uh, his death. You know, and this is one thing I want to give him credit to. We talk about this with aliens coming up, but um, God damn it, he is the master of being hurt. <laughs> By the time that they get through with that final chasing going into the warehouse, the dude is just completely fucked up. <laughs> like, he's, yeah, he's totally beaten to shit. And you do, you really believe it. Like, yeah. this dude's probably maybe been in a few scraps in his life. Like, you believe that he just got the, the hell kicked out of him. It's awesome. Yeah, he's just completely fucked. And, you know, and she's having to carry this guy. And it, you really feel like she's carrying every bit of his weight. And he's like setting off detonators <laughs> along the yeah. way. He's like, oh, wait, no, over here. <laughs> and, and you feel like the sense of urgency. And then when you finally get to the death, like, you know, it, the, the graphics are a little cheesy now with the um, some of the CGI. But when he is, you know, hitting the Terminator with the pipe and then sacrifices himself, I mean, it's a it's a good death. It's a good death. Yeah. And then moving on to uh, his second flick with James Cameron, Aliens, Corporal Dwayne Hicks. There he is. Big role. 
Um, I just rewatched this movie with commentary the other day. Um, one of the cool things about it, at least from the acting perspective, was that they had a big chunk of the cast. And everyone was just having such a good time. Like, you can tell, like, the camaraderie that existed when they were filming carries over because they kind of all settled back into, you know, because that is a movie where if you were one of the soldiers, like, you're stuck in this situation with these fucking aliens. Yeah, exactly. Uh, being once again playing a soldier. He, uh, I think he plays soldier very, very well, especially when he was young in the 80s. Um, you know, kind of just a grunt, especially in Aliens. Like, he's he's not so much a hero in Aliens as much as he's just sort of this, he refers to him as just a grunt. Like, he's sleeping when the, the thing's taken off and they're about to land. He doesn't really want the responsibility. Right, he's forced to emerge as a hero. And he doesn't mm-hmm. want the response. Yeah, that's what's so cool about it. It is. And one of my favorite lines is when, like, after all the shit goes down and a bunch of people die and they're stuck on the planet, and Sigourney Weaver's character, Ripley, is like, well, that would make Corporal Hicks in charge. And he's just is like, yeah, 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 that's true. And he totally does not want that responsibility. He's just like, fuck. No, not at all. <laughs> and again, just another performance where um, I'm just on the edge of my seat the whole entire time. Totally agree. I love him in that. And I would I got to give that commentary listen for sure. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. And then, um, well, what are you, you, uh, you're a big fan of The Abyss. Yeah, I actually do like The Abyss a lot. That was my, I had a little trouble with James Cameron as a kid because I it was formed around Titanic, a lot of it. And then when I started going back, I'm like, oh, I really... I've always connected to The Abyss, and it. I guess it's not really maintained as one of his best, but in terms of camera. But I love Michael Bean in it, Lieutenant Coffee. He's he's <laughs> this like archetypal Navy SEAL hardcore guy. But I read an interview with him <laughs> in the AV Club, and the way that he justified his character's actions was great. And you and I talk about this a lot. I love when actors justify the motivations of a villain that that they've played. Like the best example of that is probably Ray Fiennes talking about his Schindler's List character on Inside the Actor's Studio and how you can't judge them and how they're not, they think they're doing something right. Yeah. Bean was like, well, you know, put yourself in this guy's shoes. Like, he's a Navy SEAL, he's well-trained, but he's out of his element. His head gets all fucked up with, like, this deep sea stuff. And then he's got all these crazy people telling him that they found nice aliens. Like, what would you do? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. kind of... <laughs> When you look at it from that perspective, it's kind of like, I guess that makes, I don't know, it kind of makes sense. That he, it does, it's justified. He's like, I mean, what the hell? Like, I'm a trained Navy SEAL and they're telling me they're trying to communicate with aliens. I think it's Russian. So like, I don't know. I think he's misunderstood. So that I just love that. And I love, I love his work in it. He shows up. He is there to serve a purpose and he plays it very well. And it's the first time, especially in his history with James Cameron, that he plays a bad guy. He's a soldier again, but he's he is not the hero. And um, it, there's a creepiness. There's a there's a, definitely an alpha male type of like he's a threat. And I think that's that's you know one of the things that serves like the feel of that movie is the danger element is what's going on outside and then what's going on inside. And he's great, and I love the name Lieutenant Coffee. Yeah, it's great. It's so good. So Michael Bean has listed that his two favorite performances that he's ever done are Kyle Reese from Terminator and Johnny Ringo from Tombstone. Damn right, Johnny Ringo. <laughs> Johnny fucking Ringo, man. Again, Bean is a is a bad guy in this, and man, he's just so cool. Like, cause he cause Powers Booth is really the uh, the main leader of the of this gang. 
But Johnny Ringo is this 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 guy that, you know, he's just you can tell like he is up to no fucking good. One cool thing that I just like about this movie is that I uh, found out in an interview is that all of those men, those are their real mustaches. Oh, really? <laughs> I mean, he and his group is who Val Kilmer is in his group. Exactly. So the fact that they're paired against each other is perfect. And you want to talk about great chemistry, which these two have remarkable evil antagonistic chemistry with each other in this movie oh so good well that's the the cup flipping scene it's what's not being said in that scene you know obviously it's fun it's entertaining because you got val's doc holiday and kind of sizing this guy up and and johnny ringo's just sizing him up and then the cup battle and leading to their uh their end duel which is actually an interesting thing is they actually came up with that uh, apparently it was supposed to be filmed as like a 10 step draw and they thought that was kind of just like that, that they could do it better. So they came up with the way that they would just kind of walk around each other. And then again, I got to give it to Bean, master of the death. Yeah, <laughs> he goes for it, man. His bullet to the head <laughs> as he's walking. Isn't Kilbert like, oh, oh, he's like, come on, Johnny, come on. You ain't no Daisy. Come on, yeah, come on, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Fucking great. And, and Bean is just like shooting the gun off to the side because his brain's got a hole in it. Kilmer's like on the edge of death. He can barely stand. Like, oh yeah, it's great. Michael Bean is definitely an unsung, iconic character actor in a lot of these ways because whether it's Terminator or Aliens, you know, he's got these moments and these lines that I, I, I personally just remember. And one of my favorites from Tombstone is when he's like, I want your blood. And I want it right now. Yeah. Man, it's just like, it's so cool. And, and anyone who hasn't seen Tombstone, you got to see that movie. It's one of the funnest Westerns around. Everyone is great in it. Kurt Russell is fantastic. I mean, Val Kilmer, arguably his best performance he's ever done. Another great character actor who's also um, in Aliens, Bill Paxton, who uh, we absolutely need to talk about more um sam elliott i mean the list goes on billy zane jason Priestley is in this movie it's kind of a who's who it's great oh god moving on from tombstone um one movie is a small bit part but again there's no such thing as small parts just small actors he this is talking about the rock in 1996 and michael bean again kind of assuming the soldier role um he is leading this team to break into Alcatraz where the terrorists are being you know are holding hostages and he's leading Connery and Nick Cage and they end up in this shower room where they don't have the high ground they they are at a disadvantage and Ed Harris is the leader of of these guys and he's you're down there we're up here I fucking love that scene it's uh it's it's a rematch from the abyss I love it it is foreign and domestic and and Ed Harris, the best, the best part of that scene is Ed Harris looks down and he goes, what the hell is wrong with you, man? <laughs> like, and he's like, stand fast. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's great. It's and, and, and again, I got to give it to the slow motion death scene. That is got to be one of the most like, cause he's, he's been shot. He's on the ground, but he's not going to die. He reaches for the gun. Nah, but it <laughs> fires away. And it's just like, I remember seeing that. Well, one, because I'm like, I didn't know he was going to be in that movie. And I think I saw it in theaters. And so all of a sudden, Michael Bean shows up. I I lose my shit. And then like when he died like that, I just I got goosebumps because it's just such it's just it's an iconic death. And just my relationship to, to him as an actor, I just really, really 
uh, dug that death scene. <laughs> and in that kind of iconic vibe, when you see him show up, you're like, whoa, there he is. I think that leads us into the next one you want to talk about. Yeah. Planet Terror, 2007, Robert Rodriguez. And, you know, and, and this is a really cool thing because, um, like, like Michael Bean may not very be a very well-known actor, but, um, you know, to anyone who he has meant something to, he is iconic in a, in a, in a huge way. And um, so he is cast in, in this movie as the uh, town sheriff. And I read this interview where, um, you know, Michael Bean was cast and he asked Robert Regas, why why'd you cast me? And he and Robert Regas went on to tell him that he goes, listen, when shit's about to hit the fan, like we've built everything up, we need a cavalry. These hospital double doors are going to bust open and there you're going to be with a shotgun in your hand and your two other like officers and the crowd is going to go. They're going to they're going to shit their pants. And was so, and I'm, and I'm really, really glad I read that because um, I saw that movie in theaters uh, in 2007 when it came out with my girlfriend from college, and I must have missed Michael Bean's name in the credits, mm-hmm. so I did not know that he was going to be in this movie. So I'm watching the movie, and it's and, and Planet Terror is a really fun flick. Oh yeah, we get to this scene, and I'm on board. I'm like Josh Brolin's doing his thing, and all of a <laughs> sudden the double doors bust open, and in fucking flies bean i shot out of my chair because i haven't seen him in a long time in anything and i was like oh my god and my girl my ex-girlfriend she was just sort of you okay and i was like that's michael bean that's michael fucking bean you know and and the cool thing about that after reading that interview was that uh i think you and i know as directors you have to always be thinking about what you want the audience to be doing. Now, whether or not they're going to do it is one thing, but you need to have that intention. It's sort of like, all right, my idea with this scene is, you know, I want the audience to feel this way. And if you can just get one person to do that. And so Robert Rodriguez clearly had an idea and you can tell by the craftsmanship, like he meant this to be a moment and it was a moment for me. And apparently in the L.A. premiere, it was the same deal where everyone went crazy when Bean burst through the doors. And so, like, that's actually really cool to know that the director, he really handled that and it had that effect. And that's what we try to do when we're trying to make our movies. Like, this moment is meant to be this and I want the audience to feel this right here. The pursuit, like Quentin Tarantino says in Once Upon a Time, you know, naturally we may never achieve, but it's the pursuit that's meaningful. Great movie, great performance. He's he's the sheriff who kicks ass. And uh, <laughs> there's actually one thing I, I, I love about it is that anyone who watches the DVD, there's um the Grindhouse DVD. It's peppered with um uh, previews and intermission trailers that are just mock trailers yeah. And there's this there's this one that Michael Bean is in where um basically this town like there's a killer on the loose or whatever there's a dead body clearly its head's decapitated on the ground and and <laughs> Michael Bean and this cop lower their, to their knees and the guy like tastes the blood and he goes it's blood and then Michael <laughs> yeah. Bean has this moment where he just goes son of a bitch <laughs> I love son of a bitch lines when you can really pull off a good son of a bitch. Like that's, 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 that's a win in my book. You have a great one. And the last movie we made together in the beginning in ascent, it's your first line of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> hilarious that you said that. I love planet terror. I love him in it. 
I adored the grindhouse experience in the theater. Yeah. It's such a shame that like that as a, as a collective experience, it wasn't a success. And, but if you went to that opening night, midnight showing or, you know, opening weekend, like those are the type of people that saw that movie yep. screaming applause and cheers when Michael Bean burst through the door. So part of me wishes in like some sub pop culture universe that, Rodriguez and Tarantino could just like do that every five years, like give us yeah. two of those movies every five years. But I love him in it. That's a great, great call for a Michael Bean character. And um, and then the yeah, the last one that I kind of want to bring up is a movie that uh, uh, he wrote and directed for the first time in 2011. A movie, The Victim, alongside of his wife, which I think that's kind of cool. You know, like yeah, it, it, the movie was shot in 12 days definitely meant for a specific audience like he had, he talks about it and he goes if you don't like fighting and you don't like fucking you won't like it and i love that <laughs> Jesus. and but it, i think it also speaks to you know the to what you were talking about is that the like the planet terror crowd like the people that know who he is you follow his 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 career i read a lot of inter he did a lot of press for it i read some interviews with him and he knows the kind of movie he made. They didn't have a lot of money. He went out to make an exploitation movie. And, you know, you're making a movie with a budget. You're making it with friends and loved ones. And I did read a quote that it was it was a tough shoot, you know, like you said, 12 days. And when he described making the movie, he said, I was a maniac. I think a writer who was on set described me as part dr drill sergeant, part raving lunatic. And when you have one camera... And you're doing 40 setups a day. You have 12, 12 days to shoot. That's kind of what you have to be. But we got it done. And it's the proudest achievement in my 35 years. That's so cool. Like in his career, it's the proudest achievement. And look, is the victim as good as the Terminator or Aliens or the Abyss? Like, no, he's never saying that it that it is. But yeah, I'm down to give a passion project to watch anytime. And I love that he put everything he had into it to express himself. So, you know, what the fuck? Good for him. I have a few more just to touch on briefly. Um, Rampage in 1987, where he's actually like playing a button down lawyer, but he has some of the most hysterically scripted courtroom scenes I've ever seen. It's a William Friedkin movie and he is totally unhinged. Navy Seals in 1990 seems like a real turning point for Bean. It seemed like it was a uh, a tough one to make for him. He took it yeah. kind of hard and had a rough time with it. And that's it's really sad because the project meant a lot to him. And if we are to take his word, you know, there were maybe some other people around who weren't taking it as seriously. So we'll just leave it at that. That's fine. And then the next year, K2. Really interesting Michael Bean movie made in 1991. Same. I love K2. Yeah. Same directors, Lords of Discipline. And what's interesting about this is that it's unlike any other Michael Bean performance that I've seen. I mean, the guy has 106 IMDb credits. I haven't seen all of them, but I've never seen him this relaxed, calm, charming, at ease. He's gracious. He's kind. He doesn't have that machismo and that bravado that we're used to but he still has to be kind of a hero yeah and it's it's a really cool like performance he's got the blonde hair again like he does in the fan like it's it was just a good a good performance from him that i didn't really expect so i was i was happy to find that and those are the only other ones i wanted to mention i'm glad we covered everything that we covered i you know it's funny because one of the benefits of writing about a character actor like on a blog is that you can show his face and people can make the connection like, oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. It's that woman. It's that woman. Yeah. Hopefully this 
motivates people to check out the people we're talking about. You know, go do a little research on his movies if you haven't seen some of them. Um, and I had a blast just rewatching Planet Terror for this. It was yeah, it's a really fun movie if you have fun with it. And that those are my Michael Bean th- thoughts. That's all I had. Anything left to wrap up with? To me, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, like if there was someone who that planted the seed that I was going to be an actor, it's 100% Michael Bean. Because watching, you know, Hicks and Kyle Reese in The Terminator had an effect on me that that maybe like I wanted to be heroic. I saw my hero self in these performances, even at an age like that, as his career kind of spanned, always being excited to see him, always digging what he was doing. And yeah, so, you know, and we all have our actors that just mean stuff to us. And and Michael Bean, to you. We'll go to what are you watching? I went first last week, so why don't you take it? And staying on theme, um, I wanted to kind of dive into um, something uh, of Michael Bean's uh, from a fairly recent 2011. I uh, gave The Divide a shot. And, you know, like this, <laughs> again, like this is a pretty crazy flick. Apocalypse, nuclear war, nuclear bomb drops. Uh, Michael Bean plays this guy named Mickey, this tenant of this apartment building, and he's got this fallout shelter, and then all these people kind of cram their way in, and it's kind of like a Lord of the Flies torture <laughs> type of thing. And it, you know, it, it's one of those movies where it is what it is; it knows what it's doing, and Bean is unhinged in it. Uh, you know, he's chewing cigars. He is. Uh, he, he gets his finger cut off in one particular scene, and I got a kick out of that scene because he's just screwing you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I got a kick out of that movie, uh, and and so that that's 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 my pick for this week in the Divide, two thousand eleven. The Divide. I haven't seen that one. I'm gonna check it out. I mean. Why not have a little bean fun, you know? Can't go wrong with it. You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Of course. it's Some movies are okay, okay for that. Like, it's fine. We don't have to yeah. watch heavy, dramatic stuff like what I'm about to recommend. <laughs> yeah, nice. In looking at his IMDb page, Michael Bean's IMDb page, which we know, you know, you trust, can't really trust fully, but I saw that he had listed some of his favorite movies of all time, and one of them was The Lost Weekend, which I thought was really interesting because... It's from 1945, Billy Wilder. It's one of my favorite Billy Wilder Wilder movies. Certainly one of the best movies ever made about alcoholism. It won Oscars for picture, director, screenplay, and actor for Ray Milland. He's amazing in it. It's one of those code era movies that had to be very careful in how it depicted what it was depicting. And Wilder, Wilder was always really good at that. Some Like It Hot, of course, is a great example of that. And... I can't believe this movie was allowed to be made in 1945, and it's a lot of fun picturing Michael Bean studying Ray Milland's character in it. So, Lost Weekend comes with the highest recommendation for me. Could be my favorite, Billy Wilder. It's a big statement. I mean, Sunset Boulevard, but I adore The Lost Weekend, so check it out. Be a good double feature, Lost Weekend, Sunset Boulevard. I thought you were going to say The Lost Weekend and The Divide. Oh, I was yeah, like, that, I don't that, think there so. we go. <laughs> I don't know, man. It might be... Totally, it might be a little off, but still, a lot of good movies. Amen to Michael Bean. We love you. We love your work. So thanks, everyone, for listening, and enjoy your watching, and we will catch you next time.
Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. You can check out my flicks and my movie blog at alexwithrow.com. NicholasDostal.com is where you find all of Nick's film work. Nicholas Ali does the music for our show. I've made a few music videos with Nick. He's a great guy and we love his tunes. Big thank you to him. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at whatareyouwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. Next time, we're going to talk about a wide range of movies as we discuss our favorite films set in Los Angeles. Everything from Chinatown to Clueless. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.